The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 118. Saturday, November 29th, 2008. So this is the Paunch Stevenson Show, episode 118. 118. I'm Rob, you're Greg. And happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's Black Friday. Well, it was. Was. Uh, I don't know, I didn't, but I don't wake up at six in the morning and wait in line at Best Buy. Somebody in uh, Long Island got killed. Oh, at Walmart? Yeah. Yeah. The doors opened, they got stampeded and dead. No, the doors didn't open. Ah. The, the line of people the bashed down the door, stampeded over one of the employees. And... <laughs> okay, but what, is, what on earth is so important at Walmart? I don't know. That's supposed to be Christmas time, not murder time. Yeah. So, uh, so what's new? Uh, one project that I'm working on for the website is, I don't know if, if, if you're a fan of the show, you've noticed in the, about the past four or five episodes, we've been putting pictures yes. on each episode post. And recently you've been putting like six of them in one. Yeah, a collage. Know, yeah, a collage of like the subjects that we're talking about, which I like. Um, so I went back. Through all the previous, like, hundred and something episodes. Whoa. And I gathered, like, the main subject <laughs> from each one. And then went on Google and got all the pictures. It didn't actually take that long. It only took a couple of days. <laughs> a couple of days? Who do you think it's going to take? Six minutes? No. But, wow. So, I got all that stuff. Then I was going, as I was going through, I actually discovered a few things, which were funny. Okay. Um, the first one is, I think it was in episode 99, I think I've written down, where we had talked to our friend Dennis. Oh, at who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hands. Hands. And uh, we were talking about, um, somehow we got on the subject of Tom Selleck, how he was the original Indiana Jones, uh, couldn't get out of the Magnum PI contract or whatever, and... Actually, Sean Young was the original Marion. She was supposed to be the original Marion. And uh, they they took it away from her, and she got really bitter. But that's another story. Wait, is the reason why Tom Selleck didn't do Indiana Jones is because they didn't like him or because huh. he just couldn't? He couldn't, contractually. So if, if filming he, uh, Magnum P.I. He couldn't get out of it. So if he did not have that contract, he would have been Indiana Jones? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you think it would have been as good or as popular? I don't know. I mean, basically what we had talked about that in that episode was there's a screen test that's out there of him and Sean Young um, doing the characters. And all he's wearing is the, the fedora, the hat. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Actually, I had forgotten about this, and I, I saw it as I was going back through everything. There was an episode in, like, 1988. It was, like, the last season of Magnum P.I., and the, the Magnum P.I. was really weird at the end. <laughs> he At the end of one of the seasons, he dies. What? <laughs> yes, he Magnum P.I. dies or something like that. Then he comes back, and they, they came back for another season, and they decided to say, oh, well, his, he didn't really die. It was just a dream. 
Ah, it was just a dream. So I don't know if this was another uh, dream or what, but there's one episode, an entire episode, it's called Legend of the Lost Art, where all the characters from Magnum P.I. and these guest stars are playing characters from Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but with a different, like, plot. (coughs) But he is actually dressed exactly in Indiana Jones costume. Right, the jacket, right? The jacket, the hat, the whip, everything. Um, and I think on YouTube, we'll put the link, but on YouTube, I, the, how I found it was on YouTube, somebody in, I don't know, some other language, German or something, put a trailer, or some kind of like fake Indiana Jones trailer using footage from that episode. <laughs> how does it look? It looks, I mean, it looks fine. I mean, but it's a, I mean, it's a TV show. It's not like, no, but he looks like he could have done a good job as Indiana Jones. No, I don't think so. No. That mustache. <laughs> that mustache. Nobody had that mustache in the 30s. Would he have shaved? I don't know. Or was that his trademark? Nah, it would have been tough. Well, he was doing that again. It was Magnum P.I., so he was going to shave it. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, yeah, we'll put the picture up. Uh, I mean, I was like in, in shock. I was like, look, Tom Selleck is Indiana Jones. There it is. Yeah. What about, um, did they have the music in the background and stuff like that? Not, the, not during the episode. No, in the trailer. <clears throat> Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's just music. You don't hear the talking. It just took clips. Right. But that, that was one. Huh. Then the other thing I saw in, in, in looking back through the old stuff was the Macho Man, Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Macho Man. Yeah. I'm looking back and I found this, these pictures. These are from like 2007, like April 2007. And they're of him. One of him is like posing for a picture, and another one is him, I guess, doing like his one of his stupid rap songs. <laughs> Hogan, you chicken! And he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> I know he got really old. No, his body, his face, everything looks exactly the same as it was like five or six years ago. But he has this this really long beard, and it's completely white. What was that? That it, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, just for men or something. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. We'll put the picture. The Macho Man. <laughs> he looked horrendous. Does he still wrestle? No. <laughs> he's not a manager or anything or no, an announcer. I, I, he's a nutcase. Commentary. He several years ago, like they've tried to get him for some other promotions and all, and right. he, he they can't because he wants too much money. He wants like million dollar contract. For what? He can't even move. He doesn't do anything. Well, million dollars. Get out of here. Get my jewelry. Yeah. I'll body slam him. Well, I said it was that. Um, the other thing was, you know what they should do? They should make, I'm telling you, get rich quick. Right? We haven't done this in a while. Get rich quick. We should start our own wrestling league. Why? And have it be... The Old Timers Wrestling League, where we get all of the old guys, like Macho Man's really They're old. They're all dead. Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Andre the Giant. He's dead. Big John Stud, the Ultimate Warrior. He's not dead, but he, he won't do it. Uh, what, what was the guy? Uh, Kurt Henning. Brett the dead. Hitman Hart. Uh, he, he can't wrestle anymore. He's injured. We should get all... I know, but that's what's going to make it funny. Uh, we get all these old guys, 
and we put them in the ring when they have to wrestle. Half those old guys still are wrestling. <laughs> like Kevin Nash, remember him? What, from WCW? Yeah. <laughs> like he's still wrestling. He can, he barely can even, all he does in the ring is just stand there, like kick people and <laughs> throw them off the ropes. That's all he can do. And he has like the, he still has like the really long hair and it's completely gray and white. He looks absurd. <laughs> What about, uh, uh, what was his name? Ric Flair? I think he finally retired. Nah, he'll be back. <laughs> I don't know. He's, woo! Hulk Hogan. You know, Hogan, well, he's doing that celebrity championship, which is, oh, yeah. is on right now. What is it? It's that celebrity championship wrestling on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Country yeah. music television. You know, Dustin Diamond's in it and Danny Bonaducci <laughs> and. <laughs> oh, man. I keep forgetting Gary to watch Coleman. it. But the judges, like the judges and the people helping out, well, the judges are Eric Bischoff yeah. and Jimmy Jimmy Hart. Mouthful wow. sound. He's still alive. Yeah. Well, he's Is a, his hair white now. No, he probably dyes it. He still has the same ridiculous getup. Yeah, yeah. the megaphone. And yeah. Everything. Well, he was he's like a longtime Hogan friend, like Bischoff, and the other ones are the other longtime friends of his, Brian Knobs. Wait, from friend in real life or yeah. in wrestling? No, in real life. Oh, okay. Brian Knobs, you know, Nasty Boys, who's always who was always on that ho- on the, the uh, reality show. Hogan knows best. <laughs> yeah, and the other one is Brutus Beefcake. Ah, who looks the same except how he's a mohawk. Wow. So before it was spiked hair and a mullet, right? And now it's mohawk. Jeez. So what else? Um, well, it was that. Um, another thing I showed you was, uh, the Transformers, Transformers related. Um, in the Esteban, the Esteban episode where you interviewed Esteban, I don't know, what was that, like 101 or something like that? 106 or, or something. 105, I think. That was a good episode. Yeah. I gotta say, Esteban was a really good guest. Yes. It was like Feedback. we had known him for many years. Yeah. Well, it was very natural and it was very interesting. The Antarctica stuff. Yeah. And Korea. So he, we were on there. I had been complaining about how the Generation One Transformers, original Transformers toys of Ironhide and Ratchet, which were like these vans. Right. And they transformed just horribly. And they didn't even have a head. Like the head was like a piece of paper yeah. inside their chest. Yeah. We talked about that with <laughs> yeah. Esteban. Right. So what I found just out of the blue, and it, th- these have actually been out for several years, is uh, I don't know what the company was like, Best Toys or something like that. Maybe it's in England. I don't know. But they actually made these these add-ons for both the Generation 1 Transformers of, of Ironhide and Ratchet and some of the later versions that they re-released of those. Yeah. And it's basically the head. The head is plastic. It's a little thing. It looks exactly like the cartoon head. Right. And it's just a, it's a head on top of like a clip. And so like if you were to transform the generation one, you know, Ironhide, transform, now you take this head, you clip it on the top, it looks just like Ironhide. <laughs> wow. It's a real head. Except no arms or legs. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, the other thing was with my, the Comcast internet, you got the McAfee Comcast. internet, you have the antivirus firewall for free. And I've had it for years and years, and I'm always complaining to myself that it just slows the PC and laptop down ridiculously. Yeah. It's constantly updating. I know. I don't use it. It's useless. So I finally got rid of it the other day. So I was looking, I was reading around, 
there are three free antivirus uh, programs online, three big ones. They all start with an A. AVG is one of them. Another one is Avast or Av- Avast or whatever. I didn't know that one. And a third one, the one that I actually use is Antivira or something like that or Ant- Antivir, you know, A-N-T-I-V-I-R. All right. Well, we'll put links. Yeah. So I, I was reading some of the comparisons of the three and Avast <laughs> was good, but it was a little, used too many resources, I think. And, and AVG, the problem was it wasn't as good as detecting. And I think this Antivir or whatever was the best antivirus, but it doesn't have an email scan. People, I don't know. I, I don't use anything. Well, let's I see. use the firewall. I use Windows Defender, yeah. which comes with Windows, and that's it. I don't download strange files. I know what I download. Welcome to the Punch Stevenson Show. I don't think we ever talked about, on the show, our class trip in fifth grade to Steampipe Alley. Uh, I don't remember talking about that in Mario Kent. In fifth grade, right, was it 1988, 89? Yeah. The two fifth grade classes and the two sixth grade classes got on the school buses. We went over to the WWOR TV station in Secaucus, New Jersey, and we went on this... Saturday morning, this was filmed during the week, but it was a Saturday morning children's variety show called Steampipe Alley, hosted by the comedian Mario Cantone. Basically, we were waiting online to get in there, and as we were edging up to the entrance to there, there was the door to Morton Downey Jr.'s show. (laughs) We saw it on the wall, like, hey, Morton Downey Jr.'s show, and we all were, like, screaming at the teacher, we want to go in that! Show that show, yeah. There was Morton Downey like Jr. Smoke billowing from the door. <laughs> Richard Bay. If you could ever go on YouTube or something and look up, type in Morton Downey Jr. Show. Yeah, they got clips. It is on. amazing how this man got away with doing this show <laughs> on public TV. I don't know how the fire department didn't shut him down. The the room it looked like there was a fog machine. It wasn't fog. It was cigarette smoke. <laughs> From him. And from him and everybody else. There was just <laughs> smoke everywhere. Yeah. And and the funny thing was, he didn't really have like a studio studio. It was like the size of like a, a living room. Yeah, I know. It was like, there was only like 20 people in the audience. Some chairs set up and you would get like, yeah. uh, like a pimp or, or uh, you know, some like... <laughs> Like Al Sharpton wannabe, and they would fight with well, each he other. Had Al Sharpton on there fighting with another guy. <laughs> but the point being, the other thing and was, he, and then and then he would just get like right up into their face, yeah. like an inch away, and just start screaming at them. No, you're an idiot. You're a human armpit. Nah. Sit down before I flush you down the toilet. <laughs> well, the other thing was. Every television show, especially a talk show like that, has like lighting. <laughs> Not this Bright lights. There were no light. Now, maybe it was the smoke <laughs> covering it up. But there was, like, no lights. The, the set was, like, dark. I know. It, it, it looked like a public access show. Not only that, but it, it looked like a haunted house at an amusement park. 
And he was like the zombie creature that was hosting it. Yeah, that was weird. But so we were on this show, Steampipe Alley, like the audience. Yeah. And but it wasn't like there was a, a stage area and then an audience area, like you know, like when we went on uh, David no Letterman's. We just sat all over the place. Like some of us sat on the steps, some of us sat on the floor, some of us sat up on the platform. Yeah. Because it was just supposed to be like we were just all around hanging out. So they had a, a, a celebrity guest. They brought out Mayim Bialik, yeah. who played Blossom. Well, she wasn't, there was no Blossom yet. Oh, there wasn't? No. There was no Blossom. So what was she company. doing there? Who was she? She, she was in that ho- horrendous Bette Midler movie, Beaches. Oh. She played a young, the young ca- a character of, of Bette Midler. Uh, I hate Bette Midler. That's what she was there for. Yeah, and then, yeah, so they bring her out. She starts playing trumpet for some no, None of us knew who she was. We're like, who would... Like, we're, we're going in there thinking, because they were telling me before, like, oh yeah, we get these good guests, we get, like, Fred Savage, and... <laughs> Fred and, Savage. Or somebody else. Christian Slater. No, we wouldn't want to see Christian Slater. <laughs> That's true. You know, or the, the girl from that, that was the robot on that show. Oh, Vicky. Yeah. Uh, small one. <laughs> yeah, somebody like that. Or, But, <laughs> no, we get this Mayim Bialik. We're like, who is this? Anyway, yeah, so she was on there. And then we had, like, some of us played games and we won prizes. And then, uh, well, what happened was... America Antone was kind of a nutcase. And they had this game that our friend participated in and he there was he was in like a, a, a cage. They put him in a cage and dropped balloons on him. Right. And he had to keep popping the balloons to find some kind of like ticket and he would win like a portable television or something. And he's there for like Fifteen minutes, they keep dropping these balloons on him. He's popping them. He's like, "Let me out of here!" There's no ticket. But no. And the teacher's like, uh, "Is this, I don't think this is safe. You're, you're smothering him with these balloons." And 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 Cantone's finally like, "Oh, this is ridiculous. It's taking too long. We'll never be able to cut this down." So he jumps in there. He just get out of my way. Okay, he starts stomping on all the balloons. I don't know what happened to the kid. He was like frozen <laughs> out of there. And he's smashing all the balloons, and it was just a disaster. <laughs> but finally, so finally, they get the tickets. Like, hey, you won the portable Casio Watchman TV. You know, he's like screaming, going nuts. Then they brought out this, uh, you know, like a boy band, but a girl band. Horrible. These three women singers, and they get up there, and I don't know, who are they called? <laughs> They were called the Cover Girls. Oh. I've never heard of these people before. Well, never heard of them again after that. And then, uh, so we like formed a circle around them and we're clapping along to the music. And I think I actually got on TV in that part because I was, I was standing behind some like pillar. Yeah. Right next to where they were performing. And like some of the other kids were like clapping along or whatever. And I was just there like half asleep, picking my nose. Nah. Well, yes. And then they had a competition between the two two of the smart sixth graders. Yeah, at the end they had a like a like an obstacle course trivia contest type of thing. Yeah, and and the one guy was so like he just did not care, and I guess was like embarrassed <laughs> or something. Had so little emotion, it was no so, expression, so bad. And then he won the trivia and had to go through the obstacle course, and he was like moping around and. <laughs> 
he wasn't doing anything and the people were getting all I mad. know Mario Kart was like come on you're winning come on he's like <laughs> all right what's next all right. and so basically he had no no emotion at all and then they cut it so yeah after the show the team were like oh hey when is this gonna air when is this gonna air and the producers like uh we're probably not gonna air it I'm like what what do you mean you're not gonna air what are you talking well, cause there's the, the sixth grader at the end, he was like too mopey. Yeah. We can't show that. That's not exciting. They did air the program and I, they aired it a couple of times. I think only one time they aired the entire thing. Um, I only remember ever seeing the part with the cover girls. Well, the first, like whenever they, they aired it the first time, they aired the entire show that we had taped other than the part huh. that they cut out. Really? Yeah. One time. And, and I recorded on, you know, VCR. Right. And then, yeah, then you're right. Then they would like a few times, like whenever they needed, I guess, like a musical act or something, then they would take the cover girls performance and put that in there. <laughs> like, who were they? Yeah, whatever. Had no one better. And, um, so I had it on the VC on a videotape and I had some other stuff on videotape that was like, um, I was on like a bad recreation basketball team when, you know, I was a kid and they had some games that we taped. And my father let the other guys, the other coach or whatever, let him borrow it. And he was supposed to record it and give us back uh, the tape and never gave back the tape. Unbelievable. I was able to, from our mass communications course in high school, they were the ones that did the basketball game. I was able to record them again. So I have my basketball games. Oh. But I don't have the Steam Pipe Alley. Nah. And my guess is that Channel 9, WWOR, threw out the bastard tapes. <laughs> oh, burned them. Up. What are they going to do with Steam Pipe that? They're not going to release it on DVD. No. <laughs> and I remember at the end, they were like, oh, well, what are, what are the fifth graders going to do? You know, And they took me and my friend, um, and they wanted us to dress as executioners. Right. And take this, like, pie and stuff it in our teacher's face. Yeah, like that was really going to happen. So what happened was that one teacher uh, heard about it or something, and she pulled me aside. She's like, do not even think about doing this. I'm like, well, I'm, I have to if they're going to. They're like, no, do not do it. So I went back, and I said to, to the people, I said, well, I don't want to do this. And they got all mad. They're like, so they're, and, I, and I said, well, my teacher doesn't want to get it. And, and the Basically, what happened was when they came out, I made the deal with my teachers. He's like, look, do me this favor. So I wasn't in the executioner getup. These other two people were. And as they came out with the pies, I ran out <laughs> with someone, another friend. We ran out. We took the pies and we stuffed it in their face. The executioner? Yes. <laughs> and, and then there was a pie fight and it was just a mess. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. And, of course, we got yelled at for having a pie fight. On television. <laughs> on <that> TV. <laughs> Did they ever show that part? Maybe they showed uh, some of it at the end. It's unfortunate you'll never get to see it again. I know. You'll, you'll never get to see uh, the uh, 10, 11-year-old version of us having a pie <laughs> fight on TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that was like, you know, that was the thing back in those days, even up to the 80s. You know, a lot of the those daily kind of, or not even daily, but those kind of television shows... That weren't like, you know, heavily produced, you know, drama or, you know, pr primetime shows. They don't, they didn't save the masters. You know, they would record over them a lot of times. 
Yeah. Or throw them away. Like the British, forget about it. What do they care? (laughs) To them, this was just like disposable TV. I know. Programming. You know, there's there's no record of these these shows anymore. I mean, there's some shows, I know there's a lot of British shows that, you know, that BBC did and whatever, and, and, you know, the fiction, and they're just gone. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're gone. There's no way of ever even getting them back unless somebody recorded them somehow. <laughs> no one could record. I could record in the 60s. Can't. No, uh, but something that I did see, I don't know if you remember this from when we were, I don't know, this was really like late 1970s, early 1980s on Channel 11, WPIX, New York. Um, children's show. They had the Magic Garden with Paula and uh, Carol. This is the garden of make-believe, a magical garden of make-believe, where flowers chuckle and birds play tricks, and a magic tree grows lollipop sticks. Here in the garden, what we say and do, we'd like you to join us and do it too. Can you grow like a rooster? And clap your hands and stamp your shoe. It's a funny place, but it's surely true that we'd like to share it all with you. If you sing for me, I'll sing for you. If you cry for me, I'll cry for you. If you scream for me, I'll scream for you. If you laugh for me, I'll laugh for you. So come on in without a fuss, cause the magical garden is waiting for us. It was the two women. It was like... Um, Doesn't ring a bell. It it wasn't very high budget, but it was like the whole set was decorated like a garden, but like real cartoony. And there were all these puppets, and then they would come out and play songs on the guitar and swing like on the lamb shop on the bit. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was along those lines. Mister Rogers, open up the window, listen to the wind blow. Pardon us, the garden us is where we'll be. Come along, if you please, sing a song, bumblebee, me and you, you and me, one big happy family, and you and us together. Mr. Rogers, again, who was the worst, worst character impressionist I've ever heard. He he was just terrible at it. Like, hey, hey, uh... Hey, hey, uh, Kitty the Kitten. Hey, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> hey, uh, what are you up to today? I'm, uh, I'm playing. What kind of voice is that? It was the worst. It was like this... And the puppets were all scary. I know. And as a, like a child, I'd be like crying. I was like, what's the matter? Lady Lane or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, they're all scary looking and making these, these horrible voices. What yeah, is this? They were kind of ugly. Land of make-believe. Is that what he called it? The, yeah, right? 
Yeah, the trolley would go yeah. into the... Make I know. Well, it, when the trolley would go through, I used to make my mother change the television channel. <laughs> and I'm going to watch it. Wow. No, but so this show, um, the show The Magic Garden, I saw a commercial the other day on Channel 11, and they were showing footage from the old show from like 30 years ago. And they're like, do you remember The Magic Garden? Well, now it's out on DVD. Oh. That's kind of cool. I support that. That was back when they had quality children's TV. Like, you know, like educational, like Sesame Street, Magic Garden, New Zoo Review, Great Space Coaster. Now it's like stupid uh, Dora the Explorer uh, and you know, Teletubbies and all this garbage. You know, another thing that, that's interesting to look out on YouTube, believe it or not, Sesame Street and The Muppet Show particularly back in the 70s, would have, like, guest stars that you yeah. wouldn't believe. Yeah. And I saw one... One of them had, R- had uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 <laughs> nice. in costume. I was like, what the heck? I remember I saw a clip on YouTube from Sesame Street where it was Herbie Hancock oh, God. demonstrating how to use this gigantic... Uh, synthesizer keyboard it was the Mellotron. <laughs> it was like it was pretty much the successor to that. Uh. I forgot what it was called, but it was, and it was it, it it can do like samples and stuff like that, and it had all these levers and switches, <laughs> and it's like, uh, to 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 make it get this kind of a sound, you have to flip these switches, uh. type in these numbers, and then it's hooked up to this Apple computer <laughs> over here, and I and and the programmer. Anytime that I have to give a concert, I have to bring the programmer with me, and he has to program the computer to play these sounds. I'm just like, that's right. Because what I, the heck? <laughs> the reason I said Bellatron is Mellotron is because it's the same thing. It led Zeppelin back in the day. John Paul Jones, who was the bassist, but also he also played a lot of the other instruments that you hear on the recordings and all that. Yeah, and he used to ha- he had the Mellotron. <laughs> and he well, would, those things were constantly breaking well, down. He would he he talked about I remember listening to an interview where he's talking about how he would they would bring it on tour, oh. and it was a disaster because he would it, all of the instructions and all of the uh, the 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 working of it was on tapes. <laughs> and he said the machine would get hot and the tapes would get hot and then the tapes would start like like getting like all soft and yeah, stretching yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a disaster. Yeah, basically, like nowadays on a keyboard synthesizer, yeah. you like, press the key, the, only need the one... sounds are stored uh, electronically. Yeah. On a, on a, on and a you only need one keyboard on, like, uh, Paul Schaefer. Right. <laughs> 75 keyboards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 75, yeah, yeah, hey, that's right. Yeah, 75 then. keyboards. I told you about this after after the show, the last episode. The last episode, right? We talked yeah. about Letterman. Yeah. And I mentioned how Norm MacDonald, did that great impersonation on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Only did it a few times. And Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall was Schaefer. And McDonald nice. was Letterman. And I don't, I don't remember who he had as the guest, uh, um, you know, coming out there. <laughs> and he would do this thing, like, and Letterman did it on the show we went to. He does this, like, like hillbilly accent, like, uh, and ours, he was like, what, what did he say? Something about, like, um, Remember. He made some kind of joke. He's like, uh, "Yeah, we got them down there here, or something like that." And um, and he always like does this thing where he's like, "Hey, you want some uh, gum?" Yeah, once. Well, that's what Norm did. 
And Norm kept saying, not only we kept throwing pencils at everyone, nah. but he kept saying to the people, Hey, uh, er, you want some gum? Eh, want some gum? And the people were like, what? That was just really funny, but that's what Letterman does. I'm like, er, want some gum? Er, Paul, got enough keyboards? Er. So a modern keyboard, you press the key, it accesses the note from a circuit or a microchip or whatever, you know, it's fine. But back in the 60s, 70s with the Mellotron, they didn't have that kind of technology. So you would press the key on the keyboard and it would access a tape loop of that particular instrument and that particular note. So every single key on the keyboard had its own tape loop. So let's say you wanted like a flute sound on the keyboard. You would have to take out the back of the Mellotron, take out the rack of, of tape loops and insert the flute tape loop rack. So then you press each key. It's like playing all these different tapes. Then if you want like an organ sound, you have to take out the flute tape loop, uh, you know, rack and then put in the giant, uh, organ tape loop contraption. It was like, you couldn't bring it anywhere. It would constantly break. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty innovative, but <laughs> it was just. Well, that was part of the problem. I have no idea. Like, I, I don't really look it up, but how in the hell did, did Pink Floyd ever do a concert? I don't know. <laughs> like, everything <laughs> they did was in synthesizer. I, I don't know. Well, they probably, I don't know. Maybe they had pre-recorded stuff, backing tracks. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I know, I've never seen them play live. They've been doing concerts for a long time. I know, but I'm saying I've never actually seen footage of them playing live. So I, I, I know. I'm just saying I don't know what it would look like. But like I I don't know what their setup is. Yeah, but again, like it, like I'm giving the example Led Zeppelin. Um, like Led Zeppelin would play song. Like some of their songs were very, very long. Complex, well, not long, but (laughs) come on, they weren't the Moody Blues or (laughs) yes, yeah. Oh God, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> no, but anyway, you, you know, yes, there's really only like that one song, that runabout, uh, roundabout, you know, roundabout, and, they, and then they have lo- owner of a lonely heart. Yeah, that was later. Yeah, but from their classic era, that roundabout is really the only song you'll ever hear on the radio. And you think, oh, this is a one-hit wonder. Yeah, but they can't play anything else because it takes forty-five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, well, that was like <laughs> Genesis too back then. They were trying to be like a yes type Oh, of when there was Peter Gabriel, I hate Crimson. I hate Peter Gabriel. He's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, um, he's, he's harmless. But anyway, yeah, so Led Zeppelin, there's a lot of songs that are more complicated. Not just complicated, but in the fact that there were so many different instruments going on. Like on the like on the in the session, John Paul Jones may have played the piano, bass. Something else. Organ. Yeah, and how you can't do that in, in concert. There's only one guy. Yeah. Well, if you hire other musicians. Yeah, but they wouldn't do that. So the, basically there's songs, like huge songs released from them that they've never played live, yeah. ever. Yeah. And other ones, and a lot of bands are like that from then. Other ones, they played it like once. <laughs> I mean, they played it a few times, like when the album came out and never played it again. Yeah. And these are like big songs. Actually, speaking of unreleased songs, oh no! Um, I heard last week that Paul McCartney, Detroit Love, is still <laughs> he's still 
promising to release the Beatles catalog in some form online, like MP3. Yeah. Um, he promised it would happen in 2008. Still hasn't happened yet. There's still a few weeks. Ain't doing it. The last week I found out that he was going to release a never before heard Beatles song (laughs) that was like, you know, in, in the EMI vault. That's right, love. So. And then I asked so, you. So uh, what he's a... going to do is, you know, he's going to uh, he's going to take the tape, you know, and rub a dub dub, three men in a tub, love. No, it's the name of the song is Carnival of Light. Oh. And it's basically not even really a song, from what I understand. It was a an experimental avant-garde quote musical collage yeah. that the Beatles put together. What is it like, Emerson, Lake and Palmer? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. It's never been heard before. Um, the only time it was ever heard was it, the reason they did it was for this music festival where, back in like 67 where or something. are these things being found? In the EMI vault. <laughs> they don't look in this vault before? Uh, they look in there all the time, but you know, marketing. Uh, so they... <laughs> so, it's like a four-leaf clover, love. Yeah, exactly. The evergreens. So, <laughs> so supposedly at some point, I don't know when, maybe this week, maybe next year, I don't know. Never. I'll have to look it up, but Paul McCartney will be releasing, uh, the Carnival of Light song. That's... Now, does he need Michael Jackson's permission for that? You better give a bit of hand over my songs, love. I don't know. He might want $50 billion. Uh... You owe me $50 billion. <laughs> I'll never. I'm forget, a lover, not I'll, a fighter. I'll never forget Paul McCartney. <laughs> I don't know if it was on like one of those behind the music things or something like that, and it was like a you know an interview or something. And I remember they were asking him about Michael Jackson, and he was explaining how you know it all came down. And he did. He was the first person. This was maybe like 10, 15 years ago. He did this interview, and he was the first person. Paul McCartney, believe it or not, was the first person I've ever heard. Do that like horrible Michael Jackson impersonation. <laughs> I don't remember anyone doing it before him. He, he called me up and he said, "Hey Paul, yeah. I want to buy the Beatles songs, Paul." No, no, no. He, he didn't do that. He, he he goes, he goes. Michael asked me, you know, what's a good thing I should do with all this money I'm making? This is back when he was doing that. You know, when they were together, so, doing yeah, it. when they were friends. What was that song they did? Well, they did "Say Say Say." Oh, they did the, the "Dog Gone Girl Is Mine." <laughs> They did a few songs. Say, say, say videos. They did a few songs. Anyway. So he goes, uh, yeah. He goes, well, I think you should buy some some song catalogs, love. You make a lot of money. (laughs) So then Jackson comes back and says, hey, Paul. (laughs) But I'm doing Paul McCartney's impersonation (laughs) of Michael Jackson. Hey, Paul, I just bought all the Beatles songs. I hope you don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he did. I know. McCartney's like, what the hell is wrong with this bloody fool? I thought he was just joking. <laughs> but the way he did it was just really funny. I know, I know. Okay.
Bye now.